Naturally, I was surprised when on the following Wednesday morning, a few minutes after I'd got to my one-desk office, and was settled back in my swivel chair to admire the brass plaque I'd just picked up from an engraver's, Edgar O. Atherton, president of the Eunice Davies Granville Foundation, called and asked to see me, or rather his secretary did. I asked what was the purpose. She replied that Mr. Atherton would explain. I took down the address she gave me and made an appointment for an hour later. I was too preoccupied with the plaque on my wall to speculate on why the Granville Foundation would want my services, outside of an idle mental remark that perhaps someone had filched their gold-plated ink pot and quill. I put my hammer, screwdriver, and box of nails back in the desk, then took out a rag and lightly rubbed the two lines of twelve-point Scotch Roman that read, Nothing that is observable in reality is exempt from rational scrutiny. That was now the motto of Hanrahan Investigations, courtesy of the philosophy professor whose murder I'd solved up in Massachusetts. I'd carried it around on a slip of paper in my wallet for a year before I decided that I'd earned the right to mount his test question and make it my answer to everything. I checked my answering service for messages, made a note to reply to the two callers, sorted through some junk mail that had been dropped through the door slot, then slipped back into my coat and left. The foundation appeared to be the primary tenant of an old four-story brick building that was in the midst of a hive of office building construction on Madison Avenue. The building couldn't have had much of a turnover. The tenants were listed on a bronze plaque on the wall by the front door, and the foundation topped the list. Its executive offices were on the top floor, and were so quiet that it was hard to believe that the building fronted a major traffic thoroughfare. The wall-to-wall carpeting was over an inch thick, and the walls were done in cork. A woman of perhaps fifty sat behind a curved receptionist's desk. I have an appointment with Mr. Atherton, I said to her. My name's Hanrahan, Chess Hanrahan. She checked her book, then said, Won't you have a seat, Mr. Hanrahan? I'll let Mr. Atherton know you're here. I obliged and had a seat. There were magazines on a glass coffee table and also a pile of long gray pamphlets. Under the silhouette of a unicorn were the words, in flowing script, The Eunice Davies Granville Memorial Foundation. I picked one up and read it. It was a history of the organization with a statement of its goals and a list of the past winners of the prize and of its grant awardees for the previous year. Some of the prize winners' names I recognized. Most I didn't. And I'd never heard of any of the people who'd won the grants. Under each name was a description of the project the grantee had been given money to complete. The projects included such things as a study of the culture, language, and customs of Southern California surfers, a photo history of political campaign buttons in the United States, the evolution of Basque cuisine, and a portrait of agricultural life in pre-colonial Tanzania. I was still reading through the two hundred-odd names and projects when another older, well-mannered lady appeared and ushered me past some mahogany doors, through a library, and into the spacious office of Edgar O. Atherton. He was in his early sixties, distinguished-looking, probably belonged to the Union League Club, and was nothing if not impeccable. He sat behind a desk so big I felt like shouting good morning to him across it. Except for the window overlooking Madison Avenue, the office was enclosed on three sides by shoulder-high shelves of books. On one wall was a portrait of a nice-looking woman in her mid-twenties, 
posed in formal flapper-style dress and hat. Facing it on another wall was one that I imagined was of her parents. They didn't look too pleased with their daughter. Good morning, Mr. Hanrahan, said Atherton, rising. I reached across the desk and shook hands with him. Please have a seat. I obliged again and folded my coat over my crossed legs. Cold out? asked Atherton. What fell last night will be with us for a while, I replied. I nodded to the woman in the portrait. Was that Eunice Granville? Yes, said the president. Died tragically young. Twenty-three, I believe. The foundation was established in her memory by her parents, Oscar and Matilda. What did she die of? Consumption. Oh, I said. She looks pretty healthy to me.